This is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. I wanted to talk a little bit today about the high priest and Jesus being our high priest because all through the New Testament, it compares Jesus to the high priest. And for me, that didn't mean much because I didn't know much about priesthood or I never, I went to a Catholic church once and so I didn't know much about what a priest even did or what that looked like. So I started to research a little bit about what the high priest was back in that day because if they say that Jesus is our high priest, then I really want to know what that really means. So today I want to encourage you guys because this is going to be good. It's going to I want to show you a few things here about Jesus being our high priest and what that really means for you. First off, if you look at uh, the way that the Israelites had to do thing and God's people, they really had to bring sacrifices once a year to the high priest. And what the high priest would do is he would take the sacrifices and go into um, the Holy of Holies. First off, he had to take um, a sacrifice for himself and offer for his sins. And then he would take um, the sacrifices from everybody else and offer it to God into the Holy of Holies. So there's a lot of cool symbolism there when Jesus died and the veil was torn and stuff like that, saying that there's no longer a high priest, that the was no longer the Holy of Holies place, that Jesus didn't reside in the temple anymore, but now we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and we are that um, Holy of Holies where God can live on the inside. Why is that? Because of Jesus Christ and what he paid. But the high priest, they actually used to put bells on the bottom of their um, uniforms and stuff like that and a rope around them so that if they were in the Holy of Holies and they dropped over dead, they would pull them out with a rope. So it wasn't really the job that you wanted to do. Um, But for the high priest, they would go in and they would sacrifice. And really what it was is so was the high priest, so was the rest of the people. So as the high priest went, he really represented the people to God. And so you really hope that you've got a good high priest (laughs) at the time so that, you know, your sins were forgiven for the year. And it it really wasn't even enough to cover your sins, but was just to suffice for the year. And really, that's why we talk about um, people in their salvation, why when they get saved, they want to keep coming back for forgiveness and coming back for forgiveness and coming back for forgiveness. And it's really that same mindset of the the blood of a, a goat or a lamb being the same as the blood of Jesus Christ, where you're really saying, I don't think the blood of Jesus, when I accepted him the first time, I don't think it, it was good enough for my past, present, and future sins. It's really just enough for right now. I screw up again. I've got to come running back. And it is good to have repentance. It, it is good to be sorry for the things that I, that we do that are wrong. But it's a different um, time that we come to God now. We come in confidence knowing that we're still his son and daughter. And we don't come saying, you know, forgive me of my sins again. I need to do this and this. You're still got Jesus in you. Your spirit is as righteous as it's ever going to be. You're as holy as you're ever going to be. Why? Because you have Christ living on the inside of you. We still want to get rid of sins um, so that it doesn't wreck our lives here on earth. But really, um, we don't need to keep coming back every year like uh, they did in the Old Testament. Um, And I'm going to read some scripture to go with that. Um, Actually, that's in uh, Hebrews 9, uh, 24 through 28. It says, For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies 
of the true, uh, but into the heavens itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, not that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered the uh, most holy place every year with blood of another, he then would have to, had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sins by the sacrifice of himself. So literally, he put away uh, sins by the sacrifice of himself. So sins are no more um, uh, affecting you like they used to. And as it is appointed to men to die once, but after the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear sins for many. Um, to those who eagerly wait for him, uh, for him he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. So really, Jesus is telling us here that he just had to die once to cover, pay for all sins. That's why he was on the cross. That's why God turned his back and Jesus said, Lord, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Because he died once and for all. So the high priest back in that time would go and take animals and sacrifice them. But as the high priest was, he really represented the people to God. Um, another cool thing about the high priest is um, in the year that the high priest died, Anybody who was in prison for a wrongdoing, maybe you killed somebody or maybe something had happened, when the high priest had died, um, they opened up the gates and they released people. And so people were free. And this is really symbolism of what Jesus did. Um, because really, when Jesus died once and for all, we were all set free. And so now if you've accepted Christ Jesus you are no longer under sin. Now, can you still sin? Yes, but it doesn't have that same effect on you. We always say that we are free from sin now. We are not free to go and sin, but we are free from sin. It doesn't have the same effect on us anymore. Um, even Paul said, um, it's no longer I that sins, but the sin dwelling in me. Um, it's, it's a different perspective once you realize what Jesus paid for once for all. So, Looking at this, and if you really see that Jesus is our high priest, he is just like the high priest back in the day where he really is the representation to God of his people. And so because God no longer looks at you and your sins the same way, but when he looks at you, he sees the blood of Jesus. The same kind of symbolism on the ten, ten plagues when... um they said, you know, put the blood of the lamb over the, the doorpost. And as they walked by, you know, that house, um, the firstborn wasn't killed in that time. And so the angel of death, you know, would walk by and see the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. And that's really uh, looking at Jesus as the blood of the lamb over us and God looking at it and saying, they're mine, they're mine, they're mine. Now the angel didn't open up and say, who's in there, you know, I need to look around and make sure everybody's in here that needs to be there. It doesn't matter if you are an Israelite or an Egyptian. If you listen to the word of God and put the blood over the doorpost, your house was fine. And so really that is a a symbolism and God was showing us what was to come with Jesus. And that when Jesus was to die, when you accept him, um, the blood is over your life. Um, so think about this. If we if Jesus paid for all sins on the cross, past, present, and future, how is it that people go to hell? If sin is paid for, sin is covered. Well, 
the word is very clear in several places that all sin is paid for and covered, but people still go to hell. Why is that? And that's because if Jesus is very clear. It says that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is literally saying, now it's not about your sins and what you've done, but what I have done. And so are you in me or are you not in me? And so we look at sin still on a scale today because we're human and we're in the flesh. And so we look at it on different scales, but Jesus doesn't look at it that way. He looks at it, hey, if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of them all and everybody needs a savior. And when you have the savior, now you have the blood over your life. And that's not to say now we've got the blood over our life. Let's go do what we want because sin will still destroy your life and take you down a path that you don't want to go to. Sin has consequences in this world. That doesn't mean that um, can you sin and go to heaven? Yeah, you can. Is the blood of Jesus over your life. Um, but you can still wreck your life and mess up God's plan for your life if you're doing whatever you want to do. And so we see that Jesus took um, the sins and paid it once for all. Now, I want to read this to you, and I want to show you something super cool. Because it says, therefore, in Hebrews uh, uh, 3, 1, it says, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. So he is the high priest of our profession. What does that mean? So flip over if you're following out long or just listen to this. Romans 10.10, it says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, you might look at that and say, what does that verse have to do with anything? Um, but literally, that same word in Romans 10.10 10 that says, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, is the same um, Greek word used in Hebrews 3.1 that it says that he's the apostle and high priest of our profession. So we can look at it and say that's the same word that the Greek word used that is uh, homoligo. And that same word is um, confession. It can be translated either thing. So what are you professing? What are you confessing? What are you speaking? And what are you saying? So think about this. Um, different verses start to make sense. Like Psalms 107.2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You know, we see a lot of that stuff and. You know, there's even songs that we sing back when we were younger about this. But literally, this is saying, let the redeemed of the Lord call the shots. Let the redeemed of the Lord say what happens. And it and we look at this here in Hebrews 3, that he is the high priest of our confession. What does that mean? That means that Jesus is the high priest or the representation to God for the people of our confession. So literally, think about this. God's up there standing, and it says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. There's a lot of symbolism there, too, with um, with kings and who's at their right hand, who's giving them wisdom, who's giving them counsel. But sitting at the right hand of God is Jesus, and he is the high priest or the representation of his people to God, saying, these are mine. Look, they have the blood over them, but of their confession. And so literally God's saying, what are they saying today? What are they speaking? What are they um, saying? And so if we look at it, 
Um, there's so much here um, that he is the high priest of our confession and what's being said to be true. Um, what in, in the word are you believing? What are you speaking over your life? What are the things that you're saying? And, you know, sometimes we, we just say stupid things and we don't even think about it. You know, we get sick and we say, well, I've got really bad headaches or I get really bad headaches or my headache, my sickness, uh, my blindness. I, I was even praying for somebody today and they come up and they were talking about their blindness. Well, if by his stripes who are healed, I don't want to confess that it's my blindness, even though you may be blind or there may be something that you're struggling with. I don't want to take that confession on, but say that by his stripes, I've been made healed. I may not see right now, but I want to keep saying the word of God over my life because the word is more real to me than anything that's going on in the natural. I may be dealing with a symptom right now, but the word of God says that I can be healed. The word of God speaks life over me. The word of God says this. And so I'm going to change my confession to line up with the word of God. Why? Because Jesus is that high priest and the representation to God of my confession. And so now I'm not just going to say, you know, this is mine and that is mine and I'm going to confess stuff. We hear people all the time, well, when it rains, it pours. Well, what are you confessing there? You're saying if it's not bad, it's worse. Um, people all the time say that kind of stuff. Well, you ask somebody how's their, how they're doing and you don't want them to lie, but you know, the answer is, well, how much time do you got? My life's really bad right now. And I really want to be people of God, to be mindful of the things that we're saying. Even the world, don't even be a Christian to, to know that there's power in what you say. There's power in speaking life over your life. There's power in positivity even, you know, and that's a biblical principle that even the world will get and charge you to come to a conference and teach you about. But that's really, it's not a new concept. It's a biblical principle. So look at um, James 3 and uh, 1 right now, and we're going to go through probably 12. But in uh, James 3, 1 through 12, I want you to go through and read that if you have time. But it says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man." able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in the mouths of horses, mouth that, uh, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look, also a ship, although they are very large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a small rudder, wherever the pilot, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue, a little member, and boasts great things. See how great a force that sets a little fire at Kindle. <coughs> so I want you to look at this. It goes on talking about the tongue. So I used to think that this is really talking about, you know, watch out. We say, don't say bad words, um, to be careful about it. You know, the, the bridle in the horse's mouth, but literally what this is saying is that look at the ship and how big it is. Look at your life and where it's going and what, is steers that that ship is that little rudder that they call the tongue. And so literally letting your tongue steer and guide your life is what this scripture is talking about. And Jesus is explaining right here all about um 
how to win and how to direct your life, how to um, steer your life in the right direction. It's talking about using your tongue, going back to Jesus is our high priest of our confession. Um, then verses you can throw in there like Proverbs 18, 28, uh, 21, that says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it uh, will eat of its fruit. So literally, they're talking about how much power there is in your tongue. And using your tongue, using your words to guide your ship, guide your life in whichever direction or path you want it to be. Why? Because Jesus is literally our high priest and our representation to God of what the things that we're saying. He's really bringing it to God and saying, hey, they're speaking my word. Hey, they're quoting scripture. Hey, they're saying this over their life. And that can literally steer your life out of uh, troubled waters, out of things that you may be going through. Why is that? Because the, the word says that as a man uh, thinks, so he is. That um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What does that mean? That means that um, you're speaking, you're using your words to guide your life. But what does it come out of? Your heart. What's in your heart? Your belief system. So literally, you're speaking what you believe. You're not saying just random words, trying to make your words guide your life. Out of your mouth should be coming the promises of God. Why? Because you believe it in your heart, and it's become more real than any situation. You may be going through um, a, a time in poverty, but the Word says you can be prosperous. You might be going through a time of sickness, but the Word says you can be healed. You might be going through a time of desperation, but the Word says that you um, can be the head and not the tail. And so you start to read the Word, and you start to get um, just a revelation of the word and the promises of God being more real, then out of that starts your mouth begins to change because out of your heart, you begin to speak and you begin to guide your life out of those stormy waters. And so I really wanted to encourage you guys today about watching what you say. Being, don't just claim anything that's not of God on your life. Really take the word and, and meditate it. Build faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It just doesn't come by hearing the word of God once. It's an ongoing, I'm going to hear the word. I'm going to renew my mind like Romans 12 and 2 talks about. I'm going to renew my mind to the word of God so that my heart can be changed. So now I believe the word that I hear. Now my my mouth is going to confess. And I promise you, it's going to change your life so you can get out of any situation that the devil will try to get you in. So I hope that encourages you today. I hope that shows you just a little bit of scripture and some snippets of how to actually get results in your life. Not just read the word and not know what it makes sense, but really breaking it down to show you what Jesus was saying so we can have victory in our life. I hope you're blessed and have a wonderful day. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to KingdomYouthConference.com or follow him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.